All right. Welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I'm Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with John Downing, and we're doing something a little different today. Uh, Muddy Griffin's out, so we'll be giving you a roundup of this weekend's NFL draft. Johnny, what's, what's crapping in? Uh, not too much. You know, excited for the big games tonight. We got Bruins and Celtics games, but also I was very excited about the recent draft, the Patriots draft. Um, you realize there were 31 other teams also drafting that day? But I think the Patriots really, this is going to sound <laughs> like fanboy. This is going to be total fanboy. And, and I know it's going to sound like that, but I, I want to give my honest take. And I think if they did a bad job, poor job drafting, I would be fair and say that. In recent years, they have not done a good good job drafting. So um, I'm going to be fair this year. And I think they did a very good job um, manipulating the board, working their way up and down and kind of... You know, picking their spots, picking the guys they needed. Now, the one spot they obviously didn't fill was tight end for Rob Gronkowski's retirement, and I think that that was a surprise. Um, I do think there's a, a reason. I think they had somebody in mind, and I think they had a couple guys in mind, but uh, they just didn't get to where they were picking. And so after that, there wasn't anyone that they felt that strongly about, and they just decided not to take a tight end and they're going to stick with Austin Safarian Jenkins and Matt Lacoste the guy they traded to traded with uh, Denver for earlier in this offseason. So, um before we continue to suck off the Patriots, um <clears throat> I well, I wanted to give a name when I said before we continue to suck off, so I googled uh, Patriots GM and uh it came up with Bill Belichick, de facto GM. Yeah. That's that's him. Judge, jury, and executioner? He's the guy, yeah. So, like, when you see the draft room and, like, you see all them in the first round, so, like, Harry, you know, and they show the video, you see Belichick say, I think the pick is Harry here. And, yeah, he's the guy. They, Nick Casario is also um, in charge of a lot of the moves and stuff that goes on with the team. But, yeah, Belichick so is So there's the no, guy. like, Kevin Colbert, like... No, it's Belichick. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, before we continue to suck off Bill Belichick... Let's um, go through the first round. What are your thoughts? I mean, the first couple, first few picks, uh, really up until number four, were kind of just the way everybody thought it was going to go. For sure. Obviously, Kyler Murray goes to the Arizona Cardinals. So for back-to-back years, the Cardinals take a quarterback in the top 10, taking Josh Rosen last year. There was a lot of talk about Rosen getting traded before, during the draft, and end up he getting he got traded during the second round of the draft to the Miami Dolphins for a late second round pick. Really good deal in my opinion because Rosen would have been a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Um, and one more thing I want to say about this draft because I was texting you guys in the text chain during the draft saying how much this draft sucks. And aside, I, I don't think it sucks as a whole. What I think is that it lacks top end talent, this draft. And aside from a few players like uh, Bosa, Quinn and Williams, possibly... Um, Kyler Murray, and a few other guys maybe up and down the board. There lacks elite talent. So the high-end talent, the game-changing difference makers, I just don't think are in this, this year's draft. Because I think a lot of the players, once you get past those first couple of picks in the first round, the difference between those picks, middle to late first round, all the second-round picks, all the third-round picks, and even into the fourth round, all the players are very similar. So there wasn't, it was hard to differentiate. And that's why I think you saw, you know, a lot of pre-draft publications had difficulty, you know, pinpointing who was going to go where because there wasn't much of a difference 
in in, in players. You mm-hmm. know, the evaluations was very skewed. Yeah. What's your take on what the fuck happened at pick number four with uh, Clellan Farrell? Okay. Uh, so the Raiders took Farrell at number four, and most publications had him going you know, early twenties. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they, that this was the first shocker of the draft because they surprisingly took him at four instead of, you know, potentially waiting until their pick came around again at 24 and seeing if he was there moving up a few spots. So it definitely seems like they reached a little bit here. Maybe they should have went with somebody like a Josh Allen. And that's who I thought they were going to take. Right. Josh Allen went seven of the Jaguars. Because he was, you know, the he's a hybrid, he's very athletic linebacker from Kentucky who could replace the Khalil Mack player that they lost or traded last year. So I was surprised by Cleland Farrell. Everything else pretty much fell in line, uh, more or less, uh, until... Pick six. Pick six. Giants. Daniel Jones? The Giants. Daniel Jones. What the hell were they thinking? They were, they were tricked. So the teams in their division, Washington... Like they sent out, um, you know, they sent out word to whoever and let it be known that there was a chance they might take Daniel Jones before pick number 17 and Gettleman, the Giants GM, he bought that hook, line and sinker to the point where Daniel Jones, a guy who was projected to go late first round, if first round at all, maybe second or third round. Um, that guy they could have had at 17, clearly, now that we know we know that the Redskins weren't going to take him at 17. Uh, they were just messing around. They, they bought were... it. They took Daniel Jones at 6 when they could have had Josh Allen. They could have had Ed Oliver. They could have had Devin Bush, Jonah Williams, any of these guys. Um, so they were the laughingstock of the draft. Everyone was just like, what, what the hell is going on here? What is this GM doing? He's traded Odell Beckham Jr., and... Now he's taking Daniel Jones at number six. I mean, it just seems like he has no plan, no direction for the Giants. And then to boot at number 17, they took Dexter Lawrence about 15 picks early as well. So, I don't know. It just seems like if you're a Giants fan, you're going to be pretty upset. Yeah. And they are. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I do remember seeing some of the reaction videos of, of people screaming no. As the, as the pick's coming in. So the reason also that they like him is because he is... So David Cutcliffe was his coach at Duke. And Cutcliffe worked with Peyton Manning in his days at Tennessee. And then worked with Eli Manning as his coach at um, Ole Miss back in the day. He looks a little bit like Eli Manning. And they think he's kind of um, a hybrid between Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. The way he talks is kind of like Eli Manning. But the problem is... He wasn't even good at Duke. Like, he didn't even make first team, second team, or third team all ACC in any of his years at Duke. He makes terrible decisions in the RPO game, the run-pass option game. And, you know, he doesn't make confident decisions. He throws risky balls down the field. He's big in size. He's got the, you know, 6'5 frame, but it's just not the guy to take there. Like, if you're going to take a quarterback, you, Drew Locke should have been the guy there. And Drew Locke fell, obviously. If they wanted to take a quarterback, but I don't even think they should have done that there. How stoked do you think Jacksonville was to have Josh Allen seemingly fall into their laps? I mean, for a team that is defense first, I think that they're stoked and they're getting a steal here. Kentucky played in the SEC, which is kind of like, you know, almost like the minor leagues for NFL level talent. And, you know, he was very good at Kentucky. He's hybrid. He can play outside linebacker. He can play defensive end. Uh, Fun fact. This is the second year in a row that Josh Allen has been drafted at number seven. 
Hmm. Last year, QB Josh Allen went to the Bills. This year, outside linebacker Josh Allen goes to the Jaguars. This has been the whole Josh Allen thing has been fucking me up because I don't. <laughs> the the draft is certainly not my area of expertise, but uh, it's just, I've just been getting confused. I'm a simple man. <laughs> um, is there uh, any anything else notable before we get to my uh, my one victory lap? Oh, for sure. And you got a couple victory laps. I, I like the Steelers are one of the teams that I do like what they did in this draft. So I'll give you that credit in a bit. But after Josh Allen went at number eight, tight end TJ Hawkinson went to the Detroit Lions. The Lions have Matt Patricia as their coach, and their GM is from the Patriots as well. And I think that they're trying to force the next Gronkowski here on Hawkinson. Um, I do think Hawkinson went a little high. But, you know, if they if they think they need him and they think he's that good, then maybe this is the spot. You know, he wasn't going to last much further. So interesting to note. We'll see how good TJ Hawkinson is in, his, is in his first year. Typically, first year tight ends don't do so well because they take a little while to adjust to the league. So, and then Ed Oliver, very athletic um, freak, a little bit understi- undersized from Houston, goes to the Bills. So that's a good pick. And then at number 10, your Steelers trade up to get inside linebacker from Michigan, Devin Bush. What do yeah, you think? Uh, well, uh, this is really exciting because the Steelers never trade up. It's kind of, you know, build quietly through the draft. We don't, we never make the, the big splash free agent signing. Um, you know, it's it's all kind of build in-house and just take what comes to us and don't, don't force anything. Fun fact, do you remember the last pick that the Steelers traded up for? Um, Wide receiver. Juju? No, no. Uh, Antonio Brown? Uh, Santonio Holmes. Antonio Holmes. Yeah, and, I didn't and, know. And before that... Um, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, and before that was Troy Palomalo. Wow. And those are the last two that so we've... So they don't trade up. Do not trade up. And if you also think about it, this is the first time that the Steelers have picked in the top 10 since... Who's the last top oh, 10 pick? boy. Come on. Big Ben? You got... <laughs> Plaxico Burris in 2000 with with the eighth pick. Where did Ben go? Where, what number was Ben? Was he in the teens? Was he in the early teens, like 11, 12, 13-ish? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but okay. um, I just I think he was like 12. saw that stat. Oh, wow. That's, that's surprising. So, yeah, we, we trade up, and before the draft happened, you sent me a text, and you're like, who do you want? And uh, I sent you back three names. Devin yep. White, Devin Bush, or uh, DK Metcalf, and I think I bet hard on on the DK Metcalf hype. You the know, body. the body, the body, yeah. <laughs> the body and the speed. You know, yeah. I mean, how can you not love that? But I mean, everybody's uh, told me the error of my ways. Bad hips. Bad hips. Yeah, yep. bad hips. Uh, Shakira, Shakira wouldn't uh, approve. Yep. <laughs> All right, so no, I agree. I think it's a good pick, and so it took them a couple years to get there, but I think that this they're finally replacing Ryan Shazier on this pick. Right. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Also, a quick shout-out to the team for, uh, you know, re-upping his uh, contract, keeping him on the pup list, you know, letting him use the facilities. Yeah, that's and, right. And the doctors and everything. It's a, it's a real feel-good story. And do you see the uh, video of him doing the box jumps? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, man. Okay, you know what? I'll post it to our Facebook page, and you got to check it out because, uh, man, if that doesn't just um, 
I mean, there's no chance you. he's playing again, right? I mean, he really wants to. Right, of course he, he does. He really, really wants to. But I think the NFL and medical safety will just be like, I just, uh, let's not let this happen. I will probably, I mean, I'll have tight butthole syndrome if he's on the field. It would be pretty, pretty crazy if that happens. Um, but I just can't see anybody allowing it to happen. Yeah, so this is definitely the, the Shazier replacement pick that we've been hoping for and you know he's got that good uh sideline to sideline speed you know he can close on guys uh he can stuff the run uh he's good in pass coverage and, and he can also get to the quarterback yeah, so he's an athletic a little a little so. bit of everything and that's what's needed in today's day and age and when you saw once they lost shazier a couple years ago how badly their defense suffered particularly that year for the rest of the year you know they were exposed big time um, without having an athletic linebacker. So, yeah, I think it did take him a little while to identify and replace Shazier, but it's a, I think it's a good move. And uh, clearly they identified him as a player that they liked, and they were willing to trade the assets needed, necessary to move up and go get him, make mm-hmm. sure that they, they got him. And you know what? I'm pretty happy with what we gave up to move up to that spot, especially considering what, what we got. First of all, I love that we... Kind of swept them out from underneath Cincinnati. Yes, yeah, Cincinnati had the next pick, right? So good call. Yeah, and they had a need, obviously, as well, losing perfect. Right. So that's a good thing that I think goes untalked about in the draft process is teams recognizing the teams that that, that are coming down the line and then moving up ahead of them, noticing, knowing what the other team's needs right. are, what they potentially might take, um, and then hopping them to get the guy and not letting them go to the opponent. Right. That's a a big. We traded uh, to the 10th spot uh, with Denver uh, for a, this year's second round pick and next year's third round pick, which is the compensatory pick for Lev Bell. Okay. So, you know, I mean, if you, if it's the guy you've identified and think that fits your system, then it's worth it. And and especially considering that our third round pick was 66, that's that's just two two picks into the third round anyways. Um so yeah, that's one of the compensation picks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you know, we can, I we can live with that. That's practically a second round pick anyways. Um so we didn't lose too much and we're not going to lose too much uh next year either. So pretty happy with that. Didn't didn't sell the farm for him. All right, um, so the next uh, interesting spot is Athletic Freak. Rashawn Gary, defensive end from Michigan, goes 12 to Green Bay as a kind of a Clay Matthews replacement. Gary, you know, insane combine numbers, insane three-cone drill, and he's just, you know, he's an athletic freak. And so I think that they're just hoping that they can, you know, pl- plug and play Gary on the outside like they did Clay Matthews and get the same production. Um I'm not sure he's as good as they think, but, you know, time will tell. We'll see. Going on from there, number 15, quarterback from Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, who was projected to be a top 10 pick, I think, by most. He falls to the Redskins. I mean, they need a quarterback. Colt McCoy's so Alex Smith is out with his nasty injury from last year. And then uh, Colt McCoy, it's been announced, he's been dealing with a serious injury as well. So they needed a quarterback. He's got a big arm. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it'll be good, and it's I think it's funny that the Giants passed on him, 
and the Redskins get him, and so now he's got a chance to burn the Giants twice, twice a year. I think that that to me, and if that's what happens, you know, we'll, I will be dying laughing, and Gettleman won't be long for his job with the Giants. Right. All yeah. Right. So moving on from there is the controversial pick at number nineteen. The Tennessee Titans, uh, the drafters in Nashville, they took defensive tackle from Mississippi State, Jeffrey Simmons, who's out for the year with a torn ACL. So obviously, you know, if he wasn't hurt, he would go much higher, top 10, probably top 5. But did you see the video that got released that day? I did not. Okay, the video is of him before he was in college, when he was a senior in high school. His sister was in, in like a serious fight with a girl. And the girl's on the ground, and he, there's a video of him punching the girl in the head constantly, over and over and over and over again. Nice. Right. So here we go again with the uh, the NFL players hitting the women. Um, yeah. Just not a good look. And I think the way ESPN tried to rationalize it and make you feel about it was kind of was dirty. You know, they, they said, you know, there was a long history between the sister and this girl, and you yeah. know he was young and this and that. But um, I mean, he, all those things are true, but also that's a horrible look. I mean, it's a horrible it? look, especially on the same day you get the Tyree Kill um, audio come out with his his wife slash girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is, about their three year old kid and his abuse of the three year old kid, and now T- Tyree Kill is going to likely go on the commission exempt list. The the Chiefs may release him, um, like they did Kareem Hunt. Man, and the so, Chiefs are just just keep getting served with, absolutely with the you know uh. yeah but the other thing is um so they they traded the day before with seahawks for frank clark and frank clark has domestic abuse history as well maybe they just like that they're like it's weird man. they're like if he's willing to hit a woman just imagine what he'll do on a football field <laughs> it's just weird and then they give him a hundred million dollars to frank clark and and clearly they don't want to release tyreek hill otherwise they would have already done it they're you know the owner at clark hunt came out and said we're gonna do what's right our most important thing right now is the three-year-old child um which is which is bullshit you know the most important thing is they want to keep tyreek hill the freak on the field so they can stretch the field for pat mahomes and you mm-hmm. know hopefully get to the super bowl and win super bowls um you know, I don't think they give a shit about the three-year-old kid, unfortunately. It's just, uh... So we'll see. So anyway, that's number 19, Jeffrey Simmons. He goes to the Tennessee Titans at 19. We'll see how um, he turns out. He won't be around this year. He'll be around next year. Uh, number 20, the, sec- the second tight end drafted from Iowa. Uh, Noah Fant is taken by the Broncos, and this was originally the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. Right. Um, so the Broncos moved into this spot and took Noah Fant. Fant was a guy I think the Patriots were interested in. Maybe not as much as most think because the Patriots don't use the move tight end as much anymore since Aaron Hernandez was on the team. Um, when Aaron Hernandez was playing with Gronkowski, they used the move tight end quite a bit, you know, and so they would um, find who was open between Gronk and Hernandez, and Hernandez was always motioning. But um, they don't really do that as much anymore. So I don't think that they were in love as with Noah Fant as most people say that they were. Um, for that reason, and he's also not known to be the great blocker that Hawkinson is, his partner tight end at Iowa. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how he goes. I think if he fell a little bit more, the Patriots possibly would have entertained trading up for Fant. Um, but I'm not sure because, again, I don't know how much they were interested in him. Um, going down the first round to number 24, the Raiders with their second pick. This was the actual Khalil Mack pick. They take Alabama running back Josh Jacobs, who wasn't even really the starter last year, um, ran a very slow combine time, 
uh, I just think this is a terrible pick. Yeah. I mean, they they seemingly waste two picks in a row. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, they kicked everyone out of the room. Gruden and Mike Mayock. Mayock is now the GM. He was a NFL, um, what is it, the NFL TV draft expert. Then Gruden hires him. His, this is his first year on the job. And they kicked all the scouts, all the assistants out of the room and said, we got this. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. Clearly not. Okay, so that's Josh Jacobs goes 24. I, I don't like him. I think that there are many other running backs. I think even the running back that you got from uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. I think that he could be just as good as Josh Jacobs. Jacobs wasn't even the best running back on Alabama. Alabama. I mean, that's not always saying much because they have so much talent. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, number number 25 is cousin and of Antonio Brown. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, goes to the Ravens. Yeah, I ha- I hate this. I hate this so much. Oh, he's it's it's a, you should love it because it's a terrible pick for the Ravens. First of all, Ozzie Newsom would never have made this pick. This isn't the way he would build a team. Um, first of all, Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. He can't throw the ball. Right. And when he became the starting quarterback, they ran more than any other team in the league by far. They were a running team. Uh, so, you know, the receivers didn't get much production. So now they're spending a first-round pick on a this hot, flashy Hollywood Brown guy. And he's fast, but he's small. He doesn't run good routes. He has hands of stone. He's not very smart. Runs he, in the family. Yeah, so to spend a first-round pick on this guy, on a guy who's not going to go on and catch 80 to 100 balls because they, they just don't utilize the wide receivers like that in their offense. Marty said that... They'll run um, reverses and stuff like that and screens. Yeah, but how much of that can you do, you know, time after time after time? And I actually think the Ravens took a better wide receiver pick from Notre Dame, Miles Boykin, in the in the third round. Excuse me. So I just think this, you should like this as a Steelers fan. I think the Marquise Brown pick is a bad pick. I think he's going to be a bust. I mean, we've seen these speed guys in the NFL go. We saw John Ross have a great combine speed a couple years ago. Bengals take him in the top 10, and he still has yet to do anything for the Bengals. So I think you should love it as a Steelers fan. Okay, I'll take it under consideration. Okay. Um, next Raiders pick, the third pick they got, this is the Amari Cooper pick. Pick number 27, safety from Mississippi State, uh, Jonathan Abram. This pick also a little bit early, but I like this pick of the three the best. Um, obviously, they need secondary help, and this this will help them out. And I think that Jonathan Abram is a good player. He's tall. Um and he's physical, and you know, with the pet league being such a passing league, having a safety like a good physical safety who's fast, it's important. Seahawks in the Frank Clark trade, they got the 29th pick from the Chiefs, and they proceeded to take defensive end LJ Collier out of TCU, and he replaces Frank Clark. Uh, so Frank Clark was going to cost them a ton of money. Obviously, last week they paid Russell Wilson a ton of money so i think that they just saw the writing on the wall they weren't going to be able to pay frank clark over 100 million dollars so they said okay well let's trade him for a cheaper alternative get a first round pick from the chiefs and replace him with lj collier who's very physical fast strong athletic uh linebacker type uh, d D end outside linebacker type um i think he fits their program to a t so i think that's a good pick and then at the back of the first round we had the Falcons trade up to number 31, who would, this was the Rams pick, and they took offensive tackle Caleb McGarry. Um, 
he's going to be best known now for people pulling back his old tweets. It seems like he's a little bit of a racist. You know, these tweets from 2013. Cool. Nice. You know how everyone pulls back your old tweets now and uses them against you. All right. How, how about this? How about this? Why don't a- agents have guys that are projected to go in the first three rounds? Delete, or delete, delete. Just, just delete the whole damn Seriously, thing. Seriously, start a new Twitter account. Yeah. I don't, I don't, don't worry. You're going to be a professional football player. You'll get your followers back. <laughs> right. For real. For real. Like, who cares? Like, it just, it's a recipe for bad stuff to happen and it's a bad start. And these are the questions you get off the right off the bat. Hold on. Let me, let me rewind that a little bit. Don't be a racist. Don't be a racist. <laughs> that's also. Don't be a racist. But if you're going to be a racist, yeah. be a racist in secret. Right. A, a good point. Also, bad sport to be a racist. For sure. Especially <laughs> down in Atlanta. <laughs> Not good. Okay. So this was a guy I think the Patriots were inter- interested in. And the Patriots had the next pick at 32. Um, he's a six foot eight. 325-pound offensive tackle from Washington. And I think that the, the Falcons um, GM, Thomas Dimitrov, who used to work for the Patriots years ago, about 10 years ago, um, I think he knew, knew that the Patriots lost left tackle Trent Brown this, this offseason. He went to the Raiders. And they saw that they had a need there, and they could potentially take Gary. So they, like you know we said the Steelers did, um, they – the Falcons moved up ahead of the Patriots and took their guy, McGarry. And this guy's a monster of a man. So I think, you know, for years he'll be protecting Matt Ryan and um, blocking for Devontae Freeman on the Falcons. Um, so the Patriots don't get that guy either. They don't get their tight ends. So what do they do at number 32? Thinking maybe they're going to trade out. But instead they decide to go for the first time in Bill Belichick's tenure. And the first time since in 1994, Belichick decides to take a wide receiver in the first round. He takes wide receiver from Arizona State, Nikhil Harry. Um, this is a pick I absolutely love. Clearly, they lost weapons uh, in Gronkowski. They lost Chris Hogan. Um, Ju- they, all they have is Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett and the recently signed Demarius Thomas, who has an Achilles injury. Josh Gordon, who has possible suspension looming. Um, I think this is a tremendous pick because he's a big, physical High point, um, catch catch the ball at the point of attack, and he's a six foot four, two hundred and thirteen athletic freak who can make plays after um, after the catch. Now, if you want comps for this guy and what he could potentially be like, I'm gonna give you Des Bryant for one, who a lot of people have said. Um, also, Larry Fitzgerald. Now, take this one with a grain of salt. People, he they so the knocks on Nikhil Harry is that he only ran a four or five forty, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get the separation you want as an elite wide receiver, which is all true. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins didn't run a fast 40 and also doesn't get separation. Antonio Brown. And he's really good. Antonio Brown's a 4 or 5 guy. There's another guy. Okay, so my comps are Dez, Larry Fitzgerald, a little bit DeAndre Hopkins, who you know gets up there and gets the ball, Marcus Colston, and Quan Bolden. I mean, if we get that out of Nikhil Harry, I think that you know it'll be a terrific hit as a pick. The issue we, need, we have now is... Tom Brady, as I've mentioned recently, he doesn't work well with young receivers. And I think Belichick also talked with Herm Edwards, who's the coach of the Arizona State team, who used to coach the Jets, and, you know, got 
<clears throat> answered his uh, character concerns and the like, if there were any, and he, there weren't. You know, he was a top player on the team, made some unbelievable highlight catches, has good work ethic. The only problem is his route tree. He did a number route tree at Arizona State, which is the simplest route tree you can have as a receiver. It's it's so easy. So the transition, I think, when Belichick asks a, a, a college coach. Can he transition to, is he smart enough to transition to a words route tree system? You know, that's important. And I think that he made him feel confident that he could. So we'll see if Nikhil Harry has the smarts to do that. And hopefully Brady gets working with him because we know Brady doesn't work with the young receivers. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, the talent is there. You know, the the spot on the team is there. You know, they need a number one re- receiver like this. Um I like it. All right. Now that we're at the end of the first round, we will uh, hit up our clip of the week here. Um, I think we're going to go with the first pick of the draft and also uh, something a little funny. So uh, we'll see you on the other side. With the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select... Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. And so it is. The assumed is really happening. Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma, at 5'10 and 1-8 inch, just became the first overall pick in this draft, sending the Arizona Cardinals potentially to the trade block for Josh Rosen, as we all expect. And Cliff Kingsbury, when he said that he would make Kyler Murray the first overall pick in the NFL draft, given the chance, given that chance, has made it happen. Hello? DK. Yes, sir. Hey, it's John Schneider with with the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, bud? You doing all right? Yes, sir. Hey, yes, man, get fired up. We're going to make you a Seahawk right here, okay? <laughs> yeah, all right, bud. All right, man, congratulations. Thank you. You got, you got to help me out in the weight room, though. I'm a little little slow in that area, okay? Uh, yeah. All right, look forward to this, brother, okay? Here's Coach Carroll. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. DK. <laughs> hey, DK, this is Coach Pete Carroll. How you doing? I'm doing really good. <laughs> okay, we'll both cry together then, all right? <laughs> Why y'all wait this long, man? I know, I know, I know you had to wait a little bit, but that doesn't matter because you're coming to Seattle, man. You're gonna play, and you're gonna play with the Seahawks, and you're gonna catch fo- footballs from Russell Wilson. So get your ass ready to go, big fella. We are fired up for it, and uh, the staff is excited. Listen, to these guys, here's your staff. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. TK, this is awesome, man. We're so excited about this. I can't even tell you. All right, and we are back. That was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, you got to love it. He went a lot later than he thought he thought he was going to, and his agent probably told him he was going. And he was probably sweating it for a long time, and, and just the emotion. The media built him up to almost into the fifth, top ten. You know, they put him... I think he got up as far as picks 10 to 15 in a lot of the mock drafts, you know, because early on in the, in the draft pre-draft season, 
you know, I was mentioning to him, uh, to you as a Steelers pick at 20, potentially, and it seemed like that's where he was going to go. But then after that, you were like, there's no way we're going to get him now. He's like going almost top 10. And then, you know, as draft, you know, the combine happened, and I think the combine really hurt his stock. And, you know, we saw him drop it, not out of the first round. And Mm -hmm. now the draft day comes and, you know, he slides all the way down to 64. And we saw the Seahawks get him. And the Seahawks, um, clearly now they have a need at receiver because the news came out that Doug Baldwin is likely done for his career, dealing with all the knee injuries that he's had. He's got back injuries. He's got, you know, quad injuries, groin injuries. That's a huge loss for them. Yeah, so Baldwin is kind of... Part of, like a part of their heart and soul, um, part of their team. He's looks like he's going to be gone, so they need to replace him. So they got Russell Wilson, somebody who's I think Metcalf's a good fit for Seattle because they have Tyler Lockett, who's like a good, quick, speed guy, and you know gets in and out of routes. And I think Metcalf can you know be that big guy stretch to play on the, the outside. You know, kind of stretch the field. You know, go up and get contested catches, be a red zone presence. Um, so. I like the pick, and then they followed that up by taking another receiver as well, who I like. Let's see. Uh, from West Virginia, pick number 120, they took Gary Jennings, who's a good pick as well. So, And then they took another receiver in the last round from Hawaii, John Ursua, who I don't know much about. They're so. just going to throw a bunch at it, see what sticks. Exactly. All right. Say you're Pete Carroll, and you got a six foot three, 230-pound monster on the phone crying his eyes out softy (laughs) (laughs) how do you respond to that yeah i mean you don't know what to say that's what i was like thinking i'm like what do you even how do you even respond to that like just let him cry do you butt in do you say man up let's go (laughs) i I don't know johnny we were two picks away from possibly getting both of my guys that's true that's true but are you so the steelers i don't know when we're going to discuss this but i like what they did because at at 66, they did get a receiver, and a receiver that I really like, and that's Deontay, Deontay Johnson, the yeah. receiver out of Toledo. And we all know when the Steelers identify a receiver that they've liked over the years, boom, you got yeah. a Pro Bowl receiver on your hands. So I, I think that this is another guy that could be a potential steal for the Steelers. Uh, 5'11", 181, so he's a little undersized, but he's comparable to um, Antonio Brown. Right, right. Know. Same thing, another uh, four five forty guy. Uh, but he's a strong route runner. He's got quick feet. He's he's um, he's faster on the field than than the forty time would suggest. Okay. Um, so, pretty happy with that as a potential line mate, if you will, for Juju. For Juju. I mean, we'll see what they do with Washington as well, who flashed a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, the guy from Oklahoma State. So. We'll see, but you know how it goes with those Steelers receivers. They do well. All right, but in the vein of DK Metcalf, let's, um, before we go on with some more notable picks, guys that fell, um, one of the guys being uh, Hakeem Butler, uh, who's another guy that I thought maybe we would take for that uh, first wide receiver uh, pick because clearly that was a position of need for us in this draft. Right, yeah, Hakeem Butler, one of my favorite receivers in the class um, from Iowa State. Six foot six, two twenty four, really big. Um, twenty two years old from Baltimore, Maryland. He goes pick one hundred three to the Arizona Cardinals. So he's going to be a weapon for Kyler Murray down there in the new Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense down there that they have. So um, he's a producer. He's a producer too. You know, he had eleven hundred twenty six yards. Not a lot of catches. So I think he's going to be more of a, a big threat down the field. It's not a volume guy, but I do like him. You know? mm-hmm. 
Some more notable uh... Uh, picks that fell. 41, Drew Locke, quarterback from Missouri, goes to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, he was a guy that was projected to go in picks 10 to 15 range. I think a lot of people had him going to the Redskins on their on their mock draft board. He fell all the way down to 41. And I think Denver got a steal here because, you know, once you got after, after Kyler Murray and you got into, you know, even had maybe Kyler Murray, then Haskins, and then you got into the Daniel Jones, uh, Drew Locke range of quarterbacks, and the Jared Stidham too. It was kind of like, you know, who's who's going to be the best one? But um, he was projected to go early in the top half of the first round, and he fell. But I like him. Uh, number forty-six, cornerback Greedy Williams from LSU. This guy fell all the way down to number forty-six, where Cleveland takes him. Um, I, you know, he could be, he's a boomer bust guy. You know, he talks a lot he's, um, you know, typical LSU flashy corner. Um, but he can, he's kind of a boomer bust guy because he can get burnt easily. He takes a lot of chances and, but he's fast. Um, maybe not the best tackler in the world, but he has all the talent in the world. So he yeah, could, they, be, they coach could be really up. good. So we'll see how he fits. Um, seems like Cleveland really likes those LSU guys with Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, now Greedy Williams. Um, another guy that fell, well, we talked about DK Metcalf at 64. Um, right after that went defensive end from Boston College, who <clears throat> was supposed to go in the first round, late first round, fell to 65, uh, Zach Allen. Um, we saw him go to... Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So while they were loading up on offense, they did take at 33 Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington. And then in the back half of the second round, they take Zach Allen, who I think is a steal um, defensive end from Boston College. And we saw Boston College had one of the best college defenses in the um, in the whole country last year. And Zach Allen was probably the best player on their defense. So uh, very physical, a lot of production, uh, good at the point of attack. So we'll see. Um, but I think it's a good pick for Arizona there. Man, Arizona really got away with some huge bargain picks. They a, a lot of like um, yeah, a lot of in, a lot of skill positions as they took Kyler Murray, um, and then they take Andy Isabella out of UMass, the fast fast wide receiver, kind of Julian Edelman two point if you will. Um, then they take the Zach Allen defensive end, Boston College. Um, I had mentioned they took Byron Murphy cornerback out of Washington, Hakeem Butler wide receiver out of Iowa State. Um, and then Deontay Thompson, safety from Alabama. Didn't get a lot of run at Alabama, but has a lot of potential. Uh, and then Keyshawn Johnson, receiver from Fresno State, who compares for, uh, very similarly in the Devontae Adams mold. Six foot one, uh, similar build. He replaced, um, actually, be, albeit a couple years later, he replaced Devontae Adams at Fresno State as the you know, top number one receiver. Um, so, you know, he's a good pick at 174 to see what they have. Um, but a lot of people are comparing him to Devontae Adams as well. And then they took a center and an offensive tackle, which was so I was saying the problem with Arizona is they're taking a lot of skill position guys and they're ignoring their biggest problem, which was offensive line last year. They had the worst offensive line in the league, and that's the reason Josh Rosen looked so bad and he got sacked so many times. But I forgot to mention that they did sign in the offseason prior to the draft one of your guys, I'm Marcus Gilbert, offensive tackle, mm-hmm. and J.R. Sweezy, who's been a couple-time Pro Bowler, um, to be on their line. So their line should be better this year. Uh, yeah, then, if Gilbert can stay healthy. If Gilbert, right. That's the thing with both of these guys, if they can stay healthy. And then, so late in the draft at 179, and then 248, they took a center and a tackle. So we'll see if those pan out. Who knows? 
Yeah. All right. What do you want to do now? Notable? Yeah, we'll do some more notables. Okay. Let's start with pick 36, Debo Samuel. A speedy little wide receiver goes to the Niners. Help out Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that this is a repetitive pick for the Niners because they took Dante Pettis last year, and I think Debo Samuel is very similar, you know, fast, quick guy to, to Pettis. And to spend such a high pick on him, I don't. I, in, Debo Samuel has, has trouble staying on the field as well. Um, so we'll see. Interesting pick. Um, let's go. After that, we saw Drew Locke go 42 to the Broncos. 46 was cornerback Greedy Williams to the Browns. And then after that, we said tight end from Alabama, Irv Smith, goes to the Vikings at 50. Um, potential Kyle Rudolph replacement. I've heard the Patriots are talking to the Vikings about potentially trading for Kyle Rudolph. So we'll see what happens there. Um, DK Metcalf's running mat- mate at Mississippi. Wide receiver A.J. Brown goes number 51 to the Titans. So we'll see. He was the more productive receiver in college. Um, goes a few, spot high, a few spots higher than D.K. Metcalf. Okay, number 56, Georgia receiver Mecole Hartman goes to the Chiefs. And I think that's directly related to the Tyree Kill news. They saw that they potentially could lose Hill for some time, if not permanently. So they're going to get a speedy receiver out of Georgia, Mecole Hartman. Uh, one of my favorite young receivers is the next player who went number 57 wide receiver out of stanford jj arcega whiteside goes to the eagles so they're loading up at receiver um very good pick another good colts pick at 59 wide receiver from ohio state paris campbell very fast next pick was number 60 nasir adderley safety out of delaware goes to the chargers great pick Uh, we already talked about isabella number 62 going to the cardinals metcalf 64 went to the seahawks jack allen 65 to the cardinals we talked about number 66, Deontay Johnson, going to the Steelers. Um, after that, we're moving into the third round here. I think the most notable pick in the third round early on is running back David Montgomery from Iowa State goes to the Bears. Um, if you're playing in a fantasy league, David Montgomery, he's likely to put up a lot of good numbers with the Bears. He's pretty good, pretty good fine for them. Uh, Montgomery put up huge numbers and is very an athletic freak from Iowa State. Um, so I think the, t- the tight end the Patriots wanted went 75. Tight end from Texas A&M, Jay Sternberger, goes to the Packers so that they, Aaron Rodgers can completely ignore another tight end. <laughs> and it's what he does. You know, they get tight ends. Ever since they've had Jermichael Finley, they've brought in Jimmy Graham, you know, they've, they've brought in Jared Cook, and he doesn't throw to the tight ends. You know, you think that he would, but he just doesn't. Um, so I think the Patriots were picking at 77. I think the Packers stole Sternberger from the Patriots at 75. Um, he's a big guy, not as physical as Gronk. Um, and he's a little bit of a project, but I think if they use him, he'll be a good pick. Let's see. We'll talk about the Patriots picks afterwards. So after that, moving on, uh, the next of my favorite picks is number 83. Cornerback Justin Lane out of Michigan State oh, goes yeah, baby. to the Steelers. So Love the Steelers it. have made three good picks here. What do you think of that one? Um, I think he's going to be a little bit of a project too. He's a converted wide receiver. He's only been playing, or he's been converted from wide receiver. Um, so he's only been playing the position for about two years. Um, he's got good anticipation and good instincts. You know, he can think like a wide receiver, so he can really cut off uh, routes and and sort of you know contain guys pretty well but he's also a a little slow off the jump and he can definitely get beat deep um and as you know the Steelers still don't have a lot of safety help so that will be a problem um if that is the case but 
maybe he'll come under the tutelage of Joe Hayden uh, in the room there. Maybe he'll grow into a, a, a fine young cornerback for us. But, a lot of um, people seem to really like that pick at that at that spot. So me me as well. I think it's um he, he should have gone higher. So I like it. Yep. Uh, two picks later, number 85, Jalen Ferguson, the all-time leader in sacks in NCAA from Louisiana Tech. Um, outside linebacker, he goes to the Ravens. So this is going to be Terrell Suggs' replacement. Um, he went 85 because he's got boomer bust potential playing at a small school, Louisiana Tech. But, you know, if he can do anything near what Terrell Suggs would, would did over the years, he'll be a huge addition to them at pick 85. So I like that pick for the Ravens there. Um, so future Jimmy Graham potential here at number 86, Cahill Waring, tight end out of San Diego State, former basketball player, uh, just started playing football. Um, so just like Jimmy Graham was a basketball player in college, was a late bloomer. He was a project for the Saints, worked out, potential Hall of Famer, Jim, future, future Hall of Famer, Jimmy Graham. Uh, maybe the Texans see that in Cahill Waring, and they need him to replace, um, well, it looks like Ryan Griffin's having problems because tight end Ryan Griffin was arrested in Nashville over the draft on draft night for public intoxication, drunkenness. Cool. So maybe they're looking to replace him with Warren. All right, moving on down the line. I already mentioned that I like the second receiver the Ravens took at 93 from Notre Dame, Miles Boykin. Um, I think he's bigger. He catches the ball better. And I think he'll, he'll honestly, I think he'll be better than Hollywood Brown. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, moving on, so I think this is the back of the third round. Yeah, it's a, comp- it's a compensatory pick. QB Will Greer from West Virginia, um, Florida transfer, goes to the Panthers. So if there's any problems with Cam Newton's shoulder, maybe they'll work out Will Greer. He was a big-time throwing prospect in college. Uh, they threw the ball a lot, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Cam Newton's shoulder if he's all right, if Will Greer gets to play. Um, we already mentioned Hakeem Butler going to 103. Um, another pick I like at quarterback is 104. The Bengals take NC State QB Ryan Finley. We'll see how that works out. Maybe be Dalton's backup. Maybe replace Andy Dalton. Um, another guy I thought would go late first, early second from Florida. Safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes to the Saints. I think this is an absolute steal at 105. Uh, once again, the Saints making good draft moves, making good good defensive back moves. Um, so we'll see how. I think that there was like a um, attitude issue with Gardner Johnson or something, something we don't know about. There has to be a reason that right. he fell. Um, moving on from him, uh, Bryce Love, the big time running back from Stanford, goes at pick one twelve to the Redskins. So they get the Redskins get Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, and they're gonna have um, running back Bryce Love at at running back. Um, that's if Darius Geis, the running back they took who tore his ACL out of LSU last year isn't back and healthy on the field. Uh, maybe Bryce Love gets some run. Uh, fast guy, similar in the in the similar vein of Tyree Kill from Oklahoma State. Um, not quite as fast, I don't think. But at 113, running back Justice Hill from Oklahoma State goes to the Ravens. After that, um, Benny Snell. He's an interesting pick at 122 to the Steelers, running back out of Kentucky. Um, put a big production there. I think he's a good short yardage runner. I think he's more of a, a do-it-all type guy, and I think it shows that they're going to replace Le'Veon Bell with, you know, with all the guys. I think they'll use. I, I think they'll use Snell. I think they'll use Samuels, and I think they'll use. Um, why can't I think Connor. of his name? James Conner. Right. Yep. Pedigree guy. Uh, between the tackles, runner. His great uncle Matt Snell. Yes. Super Bowl uh, three should have been the, the MVP. Yeah. Yep. So um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, well, it's it's hard to see 
what you're going to get from these rookie running backs because you know it's uh it's a lot different making the step up and and running through the lanes and the holes are very different you know and they're they're big men inside them waiting to swallow you up so yep he's got to be able to protect the ball but i like that he played in the sec he yeah knew. yeah and he was a big time producer you know he put up a lot of yards over the years so i like that so I think that's another good pick by the Steelers. That's four really good picks. That's why I like their draft. At pick 126, receiver out of Georgia, Riley Ridley goes to the Bears. Another, I think, interesting pick. Potential to pay off down the road. Uh, for Marty's team, the Cowboys, they take running back out of Memphis, Tony Pollard. I don't know much about him. Um, pick 130 to the Chargers. Another good pick by the Chargers. Linebacker Drew Tranquil, Notre Dame. He was a captain there. Um, very athletic guy. I think he'll be really good on the Chargers. Um, what about after that? 141. Zach Gentry, tight yeah, end baby. from Michigan, goes to the Steelers. Jesse think? James replacement. Uh, right. They just looked for another. He's a monster. He's 6'8". Um, you know, I think he's still more of a raw talent. There's a lot to be developed there. But, you know, I think they're just looking for a big target. I mean, he could definitely be a goal line, go up and get it guy. Okay. Um, let's see. Who's next here? Interesting in picks. What do we got? Hunter Renfro, a guy everybody and their mother thought the Patriots would take because he's a white wide receiver from Clemson. At 149, he goes to the Oakland Raiders, wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Looks like he's been in college for 10 years, but he hasn't been. We'll see how he pans out. Uh, Pittsburgh running back, um, Kadri Olison at pick 152, goes to the Falcons. Um, I think he has the ability to replace Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman went to the 49ers. I think there's a lot of talent there. And he put up a lot of big numbers over the years at, at University of Pittsburgh. Uh, after that, I think we're running out of interesting names here. Let's see. Clayton Thorson, Northwestern QB, goes 167 to the Eagles. I don't think he'll even make the team. He, his completion percentage was absolutely terrible. Not that mobile. Um, so if you're not, not a smart QB from Northwestern, what are you? So, while while we're in the neighborhood, I'll, we'll talk about. I'll talk about the uh, round six pick for the Steelers, one hundred seventy five Sutton Smith. He was uh, one of the most productive pass rushers in college football. One of two players to finish with at least ten sacks in each of the past two seasons. Uh, first round pick Montez is it Sweet or Sweat? Sweat, Sweat. Uh, was the other one. So <clears throat> his most of the question marks there. Uh, are about his size and whether he's big enough to be uh, a rush linebacker in the NFL. But, uh, you know, throw him on special teams and and uh, see if he can make a splash there. And, and you know, uh, you that's never, what we're talking ne- about here is a lot of – once you get down to this round, yeah. you know, obviously you can become something, and Tom Brady did. But a lot of these guys, you know, in order for them to make the team, they've got to produce on special teams. So right. we'll see. But uh, you can never have too much depth at uh, at linebacker, so. All right, so the, and then we'll move on to your next Steelers pick, one ninety two, Isaiah Bugs, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Any thoughts on him? No, I mean I, this is the the point of the draft where I've sort of fallen off and stopped paying attention. Um, I mean, how many how many a lot of these, these guys, guys don't make it? Right, so. exactly. So um, like, it's hard to go wrong with it, taking a shot on a defensive tackle from Alabama. Yeah, you know? I mean, this guy's this guy's nickname is Big Poo. So <laughs> uh, hopefully he's not a piece of shit. Hopefully not. All right. Um, so pick one ninety seven, quarterback Trace McSorley goes to the Ravens. 
Um, he That's a might, cool name. He might be used in the <laughs> um, Taysom Hill type role that the uh, Saints use Taysom Hill in, former quarterback at BYU. You know, they kind of use him all over the field. Because uh, McSorley's not a great thrower of the ball, and um, clearly they're not going to be throwing the ball a ton in that offense. So I think that the more things he can do, um, they can put him in different roles, special teams, ace. Um, so we'll see what the Ravens do with Trace McSorley. Um, we're getting towards the end here. Um, Ulysses Gilbert was the next guy the Steelers took in, an inside linebacker out of Akron, Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. 207. I don't know anything about him. Just mentioning Lots it. of tackles. Um, but you know, I mean, he played at Akron, so who is he, uh, who's he tackling? Good point. All right. And, uh, Miles Gaskin, the big time Washington running back goes all the way down to 234. The Dolphins take him. Um, you know, he was a former linebacker, Washington in his early days, turned running back, put up huge numbers over, over the years. I think a lot of people thought he would go higher. He didn't, but he's a good character guy, and I think that that's why uh, the Dolphins took him there. They're trying to change the character on their team. But he's a late-round pick, so he's going to have to make it on special teams in order to make the team over there. And Mr. let's just get straight to Mr. Irrelevant now. Number 254, tight end Caleb Wilson out of UCLA. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move right into uh, winners and losers. Okay. Arizona had a lot, a lot of picks. Um, I, I don't know if I love their draft because, you know, there were a lot of skill positions, and I think that they may maybe could have worked on their line a little bit more. But They we, got some really good bargain they picks. They got bargains. They got a lot of players. So it could turn out to be a really good draft, but time will tell. Um, I liked Philly's picks. I like what Pittsburgh did, especially with their first four. I like what San Diego did. I think San Diego enhanced their defense, enhanced their defensive backfield with some um, steals in the second round. And, of course, I like what Indy did. For the second year in a row, I think Indy really knew the draft. I think Indy knew exactly what I was saying earlier, that you know once you got past the first few picks, there wasn't a lot of high-end elite talent. So they traded out of the first round, and they made sure they got themselves three second-round picks. And Because, like I said earlier, there was a lot of – guys that were you couldn't differentiate what their worth was late first round into the second third fourth round so they got three second round picks uh, made some good picks and i i like what the colts did as well nice all right losers were pretty evident i mean i mean yeah those are obvious uh the giants i think are the big losers and i think the oakland raiders are big losers as well it just seems like they weren't prepared and it just seems like they made panicked rushed decisions and I mean, we'll see. Maybe we could be proved to be wrong and we're the idiots, but right now it looks like they're the idiots. <laughs> All right, so let's um, – I, I suppose we'll just move right into the Patriots suck-off session. And, uh, Johnny, the floor is yeah. yours. Okay, so I just – like I said, I like their draft. At number 32 in the first round, they took Nikhil Harry, Arizona State wide receiver. Um, in the second round, they traded up to take cornerback out of Vanderbilt, Jawan Williams. He's a big corner, six foot four, two hundred eleven pounds. They went up eleven spots from fifty six. Uh, they jumped ahead of Cleveland, Seattle, New Orleans, and Indianapolis. Um, they identified this guy as a similar to a Brandon Browner type, because um, a lot of the you know receivers are bigger in the NFL. It's a passing game. I think that you'll see him cover a Travis Kelsey type when they play the Chiefs later on down the road. He'll cover some of those big athletic tight ends. 
Uh, but to have a big cornerback like cornerback like that, you know, the Patriots love their matchup games. So I think that was important to them. Very physical, very big guy at cornerback. Um, at the third round, number 77, they took Chase Winovich, a linebacker out of Michigan. I know Rashawn Gary got all the hype as the athletic freak on defense, but Chase Winovich was the more productive player. Uh, he's more of a weak side linebacker, uh, six foot two, 256. Uh, chases down the play well, uh, good at the point of attack, can get sacks. He had a lot of tackles for lost over the years. Um, has the long hair. I think they're going to make him cut it, Nick Casario said. Um, but he's a classic Patriot type, hard worker, kind of in the mold of Rob Ninkovich, but maybe just not as good at the point of attack. Kevin Green kind of guy? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. But Green was <clears throat> better know. at the point of attack. Vinovich is going to be the weak side guy. We had we had um, some people really hoping for that guy. He's a he's a PA guy. Oh, Vinovich. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, so so people, you know, with the long blonde hair and everything, yeah. there were some people who were like thinking that maybe we should uh, try and target him and and bring in a, bring him in make he him He did look like a Steelers type player. Kevin Kevin Green kind of yeah. y- you know mold. He's got a lot of speed too. Um, at 87 in the third round, they took running back out of Alabama. This was a strange pick to me because they seem loaded at running back with taking Sony Michelle in the first round last year. Um, and then they have obviously James White as the passing back. They have Rex Burkhead as the do it all running back. Um, and then they, they go out at, in the third round, they take Damian Harris from Alabama, 5'10, 216. Very elusive, reads the hole as well, put up a lot of huge numbers at Alabama. He was the team captain, so while they had a lot of talent there, he was the guy that spoke for the team. He was fantastic in short yardage. Which I think Sony Michelle and the Patriots kind of struggled at yet last year was the short yardage situations. Um, and I think that, you know, Sony Michelle has knee issues, and with the amount of carries and work he's going to get, I think that they just wanted somebody with talent to have to, to back him up and somebody that they knew could perform. And I think Harris is that guy. I just don't know that I – I think I would have rather seen them maybe go with, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I would rather have seen them go with Akeem Butler, the receiver at this at this pick. Um, but either way, they take Damian Harris, proving that they're going to be a big power physical running team from here on out under Brady's tenure. Last pick in the third round for them was uh, pick 101. They took Yadni Kajust, uh, West Virginia offensive tackle. He's a big guy, 6'5", 312, um, potential swing tackle, um, potential replacement for Trent Brown. Trent Brown was 6'7", a monster of a man. So we can see what the Patriots are doing here. They're, they're becoming a running team. They're getting big physical guys. Uh, and then in the fourth round, they took at 118, Denmark's own, Yelda Froholt from Arkansas, who's a center guard, um, likely going to be a backup. He was a four-year starter at Arkansas, team captain, um, former Arkansas coach. Brett Bielema is on the Patriots staff now, so I think he had a personal relationship with Froholt, and I think that helped in the Belichick drafting him here. And we know how the Patriots are with the line, guys. So in the fourth round at pick 133, they took a quarterback, Jared Stidham out of Auburn. 6'2", 218, but this guy can sling it. He has an unbelievable spiral. He has a really good arm. He's mobile, not super mobile, but he's mobile enough. He had a really bad year at Auburn last year, and I think that's because the offense changed, and there was really nobody really knew what was going on there, but it, it changed. It was different, and you know he didn't have a very good year. But the year before, draft prognosticators had him potentially going as a first-round pick. And obviously, he had a bad year, so he slid down a little bit. So I think the Patriots see value at the fourth round, taking this quarterback, uh, Stidham. 
he met with the team numerous times. I think he's that means that he, hopefully he's smart enough and he's willing to be patient and sit and learn the system for a couple of years under Brady. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Stidham. But I, I like the pick. I think he is a potential replacement. This, I mean, he when you see the guy throw, he can th- really throw it. He went 133. What did what did Brady go? Uh, Brady was 199. Okay. Sixth round. Uh, fifth round pick, number 159. They took defensive tackle out of Maryland, Byron Cowart. Oh, back, quick note on Jared Stidham. Uh, Stidham grew up with Damian Harris. So they there's actually pictures of them in youth football playing together, Stidham and Damian Harris. So they're going to come in a couple days to New England having known each other and grown up with one another. So I think that helps as That's well. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. On uh, the fifth round, Byron Cowart, defensive tackle from Maryland, 6'3", 298. Um, potential replacement for Trey Flowers. You know, he'll fight with Rivers, uh, Derek Rivers, and um, Dietrich Wise. And he, the Patriots traded up ahead of Baltimore, Houston, and Minnesota here, teams who like defensive tackles, to get him. Uh, the thing about Cowart, when he was going into college, he went to he was recruited by Auburn and went to Auburn. He was the number one recruit in the call in the country coming out of college. Out of all players, he was the number one recruit. So he's kind of a disappointment. Um, so, you know, he didn't have a very productive college career. He transferred from Auburn to Maryland. Um, obviously, you know, he slid down the draft to number one fifty nine. But I think we could he could have gotten a steal out of Byron Cowart. We'll see. Uh, strange pick here. Patriots take. A punter at pick 163 in the fifth round out of Stanford. They already have um, Ryan Allen, the left-handed punter who was almost the Super Bowl MVP. Excuse me, left-footed? Left-footed punter. Yeah. That's what you the Patriots said left-handed. Like. Left, yeah, left-handed. You don't punt with your hands, John. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so Bailey's a right-footed punter. Um, so it's a strange pick for the Patriots here. Uh, but he can boom it. He had an 84-yard punt last year. You know, he's got a big leg. You think this is one of those best athlete available picks where there's nothing really of need here. This is the best guy. Maybe you use him as a, as a, as a bargaining chip later. Maybe. Yeah. They moved ahead of the Colts and um, another team that could have used a punter here. And this guy's a big, big on changing field position. And we know Belichick likes that. And the other thing Casario said about this pick is that they can only have 90 guys on the roster. And I think that they were getting to the point where, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have much explanation for it, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, especially if you move in front of teams that that it is a position of need, you're just taking it away from them. Right. And then give them less time to develop him for their purposes. You see what you got there. Maybe you can get something for him in the, the future. The other thing is, is Ryan Allen is the holder for Gostowski. So, you know, if Bailey makes the team, I mean, he'll have to hold for Gostowski as well, most likely, and be better at it than Al. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There'll be a competition between Bailey and Allen in camp this year, and we know that. Uh, last pick for the Patriots was seventh rounder at 252, Mississippi cornerback Ken Webster. Who knows if he'll make the team? He's 5'11, 203. A um, couple undrafted free agents the Patriots took. They took wide receivers, which tells you there's a need there. Um, the one who I like the best is wide receiver at NC State, Jacoby Myers. A lot of skills, should have gotten drafted. There's a chance he makes the team. They took two other receivers, one from Auburn, one from UAB. Um, one guy, a lineman out of Miami they took is Tyree St. Louis, who's a monster of a man. Who knows if he'll be good. That's it. I think the Patriots did a, did a good job drafting. Obviously, they had a lot of picks. They had a lot of needs. They, they I think they 
They identified what they needed, and they moved up and down the draft well. And aside from the strange pick of the running back Damian Harris and the punter Jake Bailey in the fifth round, I think they did a good job. Yeah, you think your uh, Jacoby Myers is going to be a Wayne Krebet? Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the Patriots got more production out of undra- they get more production out of undrafted free agent guys than anyone else. So well, yeah. it, it's an area that they, they identify these players and that they get value out of them. So we'll see. Good times. All right, well, uh, thanks for sticking around for this a special edition. Uh, no Marty th- this week, uh, and we didn't record on Monday like we usually do, uh, but it felt important to get this out of the way so we can focus on playoffs going forward. Yep. Um, so lots to talk about uh, when we get back to regular scheduled programming next week. Um, the end of round one, man. Yeah, uh, the bat will be on the back end of it. Yep. Holy no, no. The, oh, the back. We'll be on the back end of second round by the next, right, the next right. show. But no, yeah. but the end of round one yeah. was just a fucking nightmare. Yeah, massacre for the top teams. Golden, the Golden Knights, dude. Like, All, what the yeah. fuck? But we'll get to that later. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.